Unarmored Talk podcast, episode 38. My challenge, I did not believe my leaders cared. With today's guest, Stephen D.K. Barnett, United States Marine Corps veteran, hip-hop artist, and songwriter. And please remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel at Mario P. Fields YouTube to watch this episode and previous episodes. And please don't forget to leave a rating and review on the Unarmored Talk page on Apple Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unarmored Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mario P. Fields. It feels good to be back. I mean, we had to take a little bit of break because uh, my lovely bride had some uh, some challenges, but it's just like Unarmored Talk, you know, right? Real life conversations, experiencing real life events while living. But today's guest is a Marine veteran, hip hop artist, songwriter, and many, many more. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Barnett, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I appreciate it, brother. I'm glad to be here. No, thanks. I'm I'm blessed to have you on here, my friend. And uh, and before before we jump into it, I have him tell a little bit about himself, and we go into the topic. Don't forget to go on Apple Podcasts and leave that rating and review. Subscribe to us on the YouTube channel at Mario P. Fields YouTube. And again, if you leave a one star or a no star, and we're I'm good with that. No emotions, right? Accurate thinking, and it just helps us get better as we continue to produce more amazing episodes. Stephen, can you tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Bam. So originally from D.C., joined the Marine Corps in 2013. I was in uh, Okinawa for three years, and I did three years in Hawaii. And I got out. I do music. Nice. Now, you know, not everybody can do music. You know, that's I can't do it. I can, I can do this, but I can't do it. So my hat's off to you, man. And my, hat, my hat's off to you. So let's jump right into the topic, man. It's 2013, I want to say you. You know, you joined the Marine Corps, you do about seven, seven years. Everything was uh, good to go, right? The first the first half. Yeah, the oh. first half was amazing. You know, right. CLB 31 in Okinawa, Japan, you know, enjoying going on deployments, you know, seeing all these different countries, just being young, getting down, making mistakes, learning from them. But, you know, having that family bond, it was it was amazing. Even the rough days, you know what I'm saying? I shed tears, I cried, I had family stuff going on, you know what I mean? But it was never really nothing to really be like, you know, this is this is what I want from the rest of my life. You know, I want I reenlisted young, was ready to get back into it. Yeah, yeah. So so but the second half wasn't so fun, if you will. Let's start. Man, the second uh, half changed completely. <laughs> it, it was like God was playing, like, ah, yeah, now you have your fun. <laughs> I mean, like, now it's time to get it. Things changed, the dynamic changed, the environment changed, you know, the people changed, and it was just, you know, it was disheartening. Heavily, heavily depressing. You know what I mean? Like I never showed it, but in my mind, I just thought what was the point. Wow. Now, now let's talk about the behaviors and when you were in Okinawa, leadership behaviors, which which made it fun. What 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 was some of the people, the leaders, doing that you you know you would wake up every day, come to work, and go, "This is fun." What was their behaviors? I mean, they knew their job. Let's start there. That's the biggest piece. They knew what they were doing, so they were able to teach you, able to coach you, able to mentor and things like that. So, you know, you had that big brother type leadership. There was bad leaders, but you really kind of gaffed them off. Like, you you laughed at them. You know what I mean? You didn't, if they were talking to you, you stood there, you took it. But if they weren't talking, you kind of laughed at them. You just did your business. It wasn't the same over here. This, this, over here, they they drive into you and they they get you. They pull you. Yeah, so 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 yeah, so you're in COB 31 Okinawa, and um, and and like you said, a lot of this the leaders they were competent, you know. Yes, they, they, yeah, they knew their job, and then and, and then they took the time to to help. Like it was genuine, as that's what I'm hearing. 
you say hundred percent genuine, hundred yeah. percent genuine. If it wasn't, you couldn't tell. Right, <laughs> you got busy and got it done. Yeah, so so then you get to your 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 next duty station, and I'm a, I'm, I'm you know I don't want to assume it is unarmored talk. Going to be more accurate from their behavior for what you are observing. It seemed like a lot of the senior leaders weren't as competent as the first duty station. Is that what I'm hearing? It, it wasn't. It what they weren't. You know what I mean? And if they were. It was solely based on the job, the job, the job, the job. Forget everybody that else, you know, everybody else that exists, the Marines, and, you know, whether they have to eat, go to the bathroom, whatever, none of that existed. It was it was just a job. And then over time, it got worse to where it became they weren't competent at their job at all. So how did that how did that affect you as a as a you was a sergeant, right? Yes, sir. So so how did that affect you mentally knowing that you have people that are over you but you you feel right you believe because of their leadership behavior they don't care about you or anyone else per se um and 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 you you could you could tell that they're not that competent in their jobs because you you got a reference point right over from from your previous unit how did that mentally affect you as a sergeant it turned me off to the Marine Corps completely. It shut the Marine Corps. Like I immediately started, uh, well, I had two years left. I started immediately figuring out what I wanted to do, you know, starting going to college and figuring out, you know, how to do resumes and those things. I felt depressed. You know what I mean? Like a hundred percent depressed. So I turned the other things, you know, to, to get myself back and remember who I am or figure out who I was at the time. But as far as the leadership, the mentor and the motivation, it was gone completely. Wow. Did, did, did that did that impact you? How did that change the way you led your junior Marines? That didn't change because I didn't have a choice. You know what I mean? It was my job to be their big brother, their mentor, their leader, like somebody was for me. So though, you know, internally I'm frustrated at leadership or whatever, I couldn't take that out on, on them. You know what I mean? Marines are going to do dumb stuff regardless. That's it's just natural, especially junior Marines. But for me, that's still somebody's child that I'm responsible for. Those are lives that I'm responsible for. So the leadership from me had to be the same. But when looking up, there was nothing to look up to. Yeah, and I like, Stephen, I like how you say you made the choice. Because, you know, because a lot of people, I believe, don't realize that we, a lot of us, a lot of humans, right, around the globe, we we have a freedom of choice. We can choose things, just like on our talk, right? You can choose to accurately think or not, and just emotionally respond. And so I like how you reference how you chose to continue to, to mentor, coach, and, and give your time to your junior Marines, even though you weren't receiving that. That's uh, that that is interesting. Uh, did 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 that did that dynamic right where you're you're providing your junior Marines this world class right behavior service if you're a leadership service, mm -hmm. but you're not receiving it. Uh, did did that frustrate you? Did that make you you know use alcohol more? How did you cope with that? I definitely definitely use alcohol. You know, just naturally. You know, not like drinking and driving or anything like that, but just naturally we'll go out to the pub or you know, have a couple of drinks or whatever. But it just made me, you know, realize that, okay, you know, I can't sugarcoat anything. I can't pretend, you know, they'll tell you, oh, you know, don't let the Marines see X, Y, and Z. You know, 
everybody saw everything. You know, it was there's no secrets when you're working at the company. That's where the gossip and all that jazz comes from. So it was really more so just making sure they understood where I stood as far as leadership, you know, went and goes and how I was going to do the, you know, the best of my ability to the best of my ability, do my job, you know, and teach them as much as I can, no matter what's going on up top or with my peers and stuff like that. But definitely drank alcohol more. I uh, was out a lot, out a lot. You know, I'm still young. So I was out a lot, you know, going to the clubs and all of those things, but they eventually got boring. <laughs> and, and, and at any time, you know, did you did you feel, you know, that, you know what, maybe maybe some of the senior leaders don't understand what's going on. And 100%. maybe maybe I should try to tell them or educate them. Did that ever happen? And if it did, yes. what emotions did you experience before you made that decision? So at that point of the conversations, you know, when it came to leadership and whatnot, I was very blunt and straightforward. Like, you're not going to tell me somebody who's, you know, quote unquote, mastering leadership, you know, I'm actually putting forth the effort. You're not going to tell me what we're going to do or what we're going to, you know, as far as when it came to the Marines, like it just, I wasn't going for that. So I stood my ground and I wasn't disrespectful, but uh, we'd have conversations and we'd have definitely have words. You know, if it's something I had to stand on, I had to stand on as a man, you know, you're a man before Marine. That's what I, that's what we were taught. So that's, that's how I carry myself at all times. Any nervousness or any fear of? Uh, oh no, I don't fear anybody, especially when they're incompetent. That so, 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 so you you experienced no fear as an emotion at all. No, no fear at ah, all when impressive. it came down to that because it's for me. You have to build a legacy. See the way that I'm talking strong and I'm saying what I'm saying. I can talk this way because I built the legacy and had a leg to stand on. So you know, take a situation where my mass arm came at me wrong. And it didn't work out for him. And, you know, I, I got sent where well, I got sent to the battery office. Nothing came of it because people know who I am. And I built that legacy and built myself to be able to have conversations with anybody cordially. But if it goes left, it goes left. And I just got to accept the consequences that come. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great point. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because we have a lot of listeners and viewers that that they're they're, they're not in that position. Right. They yeah. the, the, the emotional fear in their jobs. Um, you know, with with lead, you know, management and, and 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 people in management positions over them, they experience a lot of fear with approaching them to tell them things that they know they may not want to hear. So, it, it, as far as that point goes, what advice could you give the listeners and viewers who who may experience fear of of how to approach someone and and explain say. and explain to them? that their behavior may not be as good as they think they are. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. You have to self-check. You have to check yourself. You know, you pick, say you, you're missing, there's three areas that you need to work on, but they may be not minute areas. Okay, now you got to look at how do you approach the situation. You always got to do it with respect unless you built, like I said, you have that. you don't have a leg to stand on, don't fight. As simple as that. If you haven't built a legacy for yourself where you're able to competently have a conversation with somebody or intellectually have a conversation with somebody or criticize them, so to speak, if you don't have that leg to stand on, don't do it. You have to pick and choose your battles. But, you know, even if you can't say anything right now, work towards being able to. You can work on yourself and put yourself in a position where, OK, I wasn't able to say anything six months ago, but now we're back on track. Let's talk about it. And you cordially, you know, handle that business is different, you know, obviously in the military compared to in the civilian world. In the civilian world, you, you can't really talk crazy. 
you know, we 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 talk. We definitely yeah. talk. Well, no, no, and, and uh, no. Thanks for sharing, and you know, and 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 I like how you essentially highlighted, you know, that don't give up, right? Be patient, and sometimes it may not be the right time to address an issue, you know, 100%. Or, or or it may be an issue in your eyes, but not an issue in in their eyes. Um, but but continue to think think through things and not emotionally respond uh, to the situation at hand. So can you give me an example of a, a, an event that occurred where, where now that you're out and you're looking back and you're reflecting back on that, that experience, there was more of an emotional response or reaction mm -hmm. than accurate thinking through that event? And that is a, that's a great point to highlight. Before I explain that, when something happens, reacting versus responding are two different things. When you react, and a reaction is an emotional response. A response is a thought-out process where you make a decision. There's a big difference. But the example I use, especially now that I'm out, my boys over, you know, at Kanye Bay, you know, there, uh, there was an incident in the barracks, a fight. You know, happens all the time, you know. The fight was, you know, reported or not. The MPs came, all that. I was gonna say, I, I was gonna say, I fought my pillow this morning, so you ain't lying. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So the MPs came, did what they had to do, but the leadership decided that to put an extra rover or extra two rovers on for six hours a day, you know, seven days a week, and they're still doing that to this day. To me, that's an emotional response and a poor, 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 poor decision. So, so in this in this affray, right, this mutual affray, or this fight, or whatever occurred in in the barracks, um, um, did anyone did anyone get injured? I mean, not not hospitalized. They weren't right. So, so like, no, they no, went to jail. You know, it wasn't that big. It was an incident that was reported, taken care of. Boom, boom. But but no serious injuries. No, not that. Okay, I know. no, no, no serious injuries. No, no one got put on light duty. Nope, checked all. I checked all those boxes. Asked all those all those questions. And I'm gonna do. How many times has this happened? All those boxes I checked. And accurately speaking, there was maybe what a over a couple of hundred that live in the barracks. A couple of hundred. Uh, just people. about a hundred, hundred thirty, hundred something. Okay, like okay. So small barracks, small. So, so a fight breaks out. Fight breaks out, and the and the the the, the reaction and response that 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 you saw from from the changes from the top, you know, the top leaders was, was to, to put more security, right? More, yeah. more rovers, more security to prevent fights. Prevent fights, uh, you know, stealing. Uh, I don't know what the idea of it is. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Seven days a week. There's a difference between, okay, Friday and Saturday when things go down, you know, okay, you might have extra security, you know, to make sure nothing happens because Marines get drunk, do dumb stuff. Cool, no big deal. But seven days a week, you know, you got an 18, 19-year-old PFC fresh in the Marine Corps walking around in a square for six hours. So, 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 and I, so how did, how did that, that decision impact the other hundred and we'll just say 10 that was probably had no idea there was a fight? They hate it. You know what I mean? There's these kids, like I'm seeing them walking around, like, hey, you know why you're doing this? No, I heard blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, how do you feel about it? I feel useless. I feel like, what was the point of this? You know, it's not a closed environment. It's not, you know, where you can't see upstairs or can't see anything. This is a square 
you know, facility that's open. You can see everything. You can hear everything. So they, they feel useless. They're depressed. The morale there is absolutely 100%, you know, just bad. It's, it's 100% negative. You know, they drink through it. And it's nothing that I can, you know, I give them tips. I give them advice. And I, I always check up on them and whatnot. But I can't help that. They go through it every day. You know, one of them is another example. Uh, the Marine was supposed to go on to do bigger and better things. His leadership called the monitor who's in charge of where he goes and delayed his order. So now he's stuck here for another two to three months. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. So, so no, great. Thank, thank you for giving that, that example. It, it, and so, cause the question I have now is, is now that we, we have, we have an, a, a live, right. A live, an, an experience that occurred. If, if you had to make a decision, Right. And you had to accurately think through that event and you got all the information you can get. What what decision, what thoughtful decision would you have made in that situation? A hundred percent. If I, my hand was forced, as in there were other incidents that's tied into this that made me those guys aren't telling me. A hundred percent. You add a rover on the weekend, the Fridays and Saturday nights, you know. You had a rover, you had an extra protection, and you, you call it a day. You know, it's an incident. Something happened, take care of it, it's done with. That would be it for me. You know, personally, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have, I would have just handled the people that were involved, and that was it. But, you know, I'm, I wanted, I'd rather look at it from their point of view. Like, if my hand was forced, the farthest I would probably go is definitely adding a rover on Fridays and Saturdays, you know, the days when things go down, not every single day because of the impact that that has. Yeah. Stephen, I like how you, you, you know, a lot of times I, what I've seen is is there's there's a there's an event that happens and and, and accurately. Right. There's a lot of people who, who will make decisions based off of inaccurate information or, or limited, limited. And I like how you talked about the bait, the, the, the limited information that you have today. Or if you would have been in a position of authority, per se, you would have get gathered more information to make a decision, but you would have focused on the, the two individuals in that event. And then how can we work? How could you work through that event and what decisions to make to help educate and get past that event with those two individuals or if there's more involved? Um, not, not, not react to, well, if you know, two, there was a fight, so now the entire unit um, is going to feel <laughs> right emotionally. Feel, feel. And, that's, and that's a weird thing because you know, if you've been in for X amount of years, how many incidents have you been privy to? How many things have you seen and heard of to where a random fight happens and you have to assert your authority so hard at a place where you know Marines have a cubicle? That's what the, their rooms are. A little cubicle where they have share a shower, to share a bathroom, that type of thing, and you're gonna come to their little cubicle and make their life even worse. I don't understand it. And I tell you, I got tell you, I got to fight my pillow this morning. I had to insert some authority, and uh, and I had to get out of my emotions. <laughs> now I'm just, <laughs> but no, no, it's good, great point, and 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 that's why that's why I'm glad you're on the show and we're talking through this because you 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 I I believe you're doing a great job with highlighting. If 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 the, the life events occur as soon as we wake up, and we and we can't as, as we can't stop emotions, 
but but if we if we accurately think through things, then we could actually increase the outcome, influence the outcome, and not limit the outcome. Because what you just highlighted, it was pretty much a limited outcome. It was there was a fight, and now this is what we're going to do, and it's over. Yep, hundred percent. And are there still fights? No. <laughs> not you, at all. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like the the the, the, the decision, the, the emotional from your story, did, did that decision did it reduce? Did it prevent any other fights, or or have there ever been more scuffles with rovers? <laughs> no, nope, nothing. It's, so it's, it's one of those things. You make a decision, and you have to live with it. And I understand that, and everybody has to live with decisions that are made, but. We don't think about the outcomes. You know, we don't accurately think about the decisions we make and that others make and how it affects us. And when something does affect us, your thought process will determine, you know, it can determine, I should say, the outcome of the situation. If you're putting negative connotations onto an already negative situation, what do you think is going to happen versus you thinking through and accepting what is and then deciding how to move from there? Yeah. So so you, you ended up doing about seven years. You made the choice, you know, to, to get out after that that experience. Looking back, if you would have had the same people in your first unit, in your second unit. And what I mean by that is their behaviors were very positive, enthusiastic. Right. It made you feel like they cared and, and it made you give more than what you, you thought you was capable of giving. If you would have had that same group of people. Or people with similar behaviors in that second unit, you think you would have stayed in? Oh, 100%, because I would have never turned to alternative, you know, methods. I did, started school, started comedy. And once I did stand-up comedy and that got boring for me because people, I understand now that they were practicing the jokes over and over to find out how to deliver them. But to me, that was boring. It's like, come with something new. And that's how I got into music. You know, one thing led to another. So if I was... You know, have privy to the leadership that I had in the beginning, I wouldn't have touched anything because I'd have been so focused on work, 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 work. The Marine Corps was my first wife. You know what I mean? So everything was devoted to that. Yeah. Well, you, you, you know, looking at you, I mean, I've been watching, I've been, you know, following, stalking you right on social media. But but looking at you today, I mean, you know, again, the hip hop artist, songwriter. And and you've to me, from just my belief, you you have transitioned well after seven, seven years of honorable and faithful service to the Marine Corps and our nation. Is there any last words, remarks, piece of advice that you can give our listeners and viewers, my friend? 100%. The one thing I tell everybody is when you find your place in the, when, uh, excuse me, when you, you know, accept the world for what it is and see the world for what it is, you'll find your place in it. You know, don't, don't fight to have a purpose and whatnot. Just, Take your battles as they go. Love yourself. Grow, grow, grow. Be self-aware. Grow, 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 and grow. And help somebody along the way 100%. The impact that I've made while I was just being myself, I had not, you know, it wasn't anything forcing me to, quote, unquote, be a good leader or be a sergeant. I was just being myself, you know, doing what I was taught and wanting those things. But the impact that has made, you know, transitioning to where I'm doing music and I go to Cali and I can still go to Pendleton, you know, pick up my friends and they could be in the music videos and, you know, guys that I served with here who were in supply and whatnot, they were in the last music video. So, you know, just definitely see the world for what it is and find your place in it. And how can people find you? Uh, you can find us at, you know, Instagram, YBK808, Young Black Kings on all platforms, you know, especially YouTube, subscribe, 
boom. Uh, check out Till Valhalla. You know, that was one of the songs for those we lost. And, you know, I definitely want to shout out. Please subscribe. Please follow this podcast. Unarmored Talk is a great podcast. And it talks about accurately thinking and how to, you know, set yourself up for success. We all talk about it and, you know, drowning in sugarcoat, you know, fillers and whatnot. But seriously, like, Mario, I appreciate you. I appreciate you and the impact that you've made and the impact that we're making together, brother. No, I appreciate it too. And ladies and gentlemen, again, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Wonderful, wonderful uh, piece of work you guys put together, you know, on, on that, uh, that, that song, man. I tell you, it was very powerful. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, y'all heard it from Stephen. You heard it from Stephen. You know, again, the, the, the impact of your leadership behaviors can make a change in someone's life. Right. I didn't say good or bad, but it will change someone. It, a lot of times you just don't know. Um, you may not know how it will impact that person. And, and, and in closing, self-awareness, uh, Stephen, you said it best, you know, at the end of the day. Right. Uh, start. It starts with you and being self-aware and, and, and self being able to self-reflect on your life and your behaviors can change your perspective on the world. Right. Especially self-reflection. Man, I do it once a month. Once a month, I just get sad and just think about life. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, that's great. Well, hey, God bless you, man. And and, and I'll be continuing to root for you. And um, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you later. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. And it feels good to be back. You know, my wife had a, a little medical scare, if you will. I wouldn't say little. It was, it was a big one. Uh, but she's making great progress and of, of course a lot of folks don't know she's my videographer uh, so she's back in action and it feels good to be back to produce more content for you all uh, i call you the unarmored talk fans if you will uh, to help you develop a more accurate way of thinking you guys be safe out there till next time see you later <laughs>